Hello, and welcome to another Can't Do episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I'm your Can't Do host, Catherine Weigel. Yeah. I have lost about 120 pounds and kept it off for, I don't know, six years, seven years, whatever. Uh, I'm a Tiny Habit Certified Coach. I'm a Thrive Global Certified Coach. Yeah. And with me today is my Can Do husband. Donald Weigel. And there's one thing I can't do, and that's disappoint the listeners. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, let's have... not prove them right. I have lost about 100 pounds. I have kept it off for eh, five and a half years-ish. Congratulations. Uh, And uh, I am here to talk about it. I am one half of We Only Look Thin. This is our podcast. You are listening to it with your ears. And... Good Here job. Congratulations. Yeah. You've made it through the first uh, couple of minutes, minute, minute and a half, something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. Like yeah. a minute. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Where are we going to go from here is what you might be asking yourself. Well, thank you for listening this thank week, uh, everyone. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um. So we are here and we can do this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Donald thought I was trying to sabotage this episode by distracting him. Yeah, just before this episode, she gaslit me by, <laughs> by making up an imaginary hummingbird outside our window. And by the time I looked, it was gone. And then she just accused me of like turning my head in, in slow, slow motion. motion. Yeah. You can't do slow-mo when there's a hummingbird. With a hummingbird? No, yeah. you can't. But I actually, you know what? That hummingbird feeder is a really great analogy for this episode. Oh, is it? It is. Uh, I, actually, I'm, I actually was going to say this when I bought the hummingbird feeder. Oh. But here we go. So I'll start here. We're going to talk about self-sabotage oh, yeah. and impatience uh, and how sabotage relates to that. Uh, so I bought this hummingbird feeder because I wanted a humming. I wanted to attract hummingbirds because we had yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, because they're cool. So I bought it. And then as soon as I set it out, I just started staring at the window. <laughs> I was like, when are they? They should just all yeah. attack each other. I want it to be kind of dangerous, like an Alfred Hitchcock, the birds yeah. situation you, where- You just wanted hummingbirds dive bombing it like <laughs> and one like, after the just other. Just harming one another yeah. to get to the sweet, sweet nectar. Yeah, because you're such a bird lover. Because I'm a bird lover. But Obviously. That's, that's actually a good point. So. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to stare. I'm not going to do any work. I'm just going to stare and wait for the results. Yeah. Are you guys getting the point of yeah, this? Yeah, I'm starting to. And our daughter was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just want the hummingbirds to come. And they they did not come the first day. Yeah. And they didn't come the second day. And I was really angry. And I thought, I should get rid of this faulty hummingbird feeder. It's because the feeder it's the, the feeder that's yeah. the problem. And then I thought to myself... You know what? This is a lot like weight loss. We uh, buy the thing, we fill the container. I, I am actually kind of like trying to low key like look out the window to see if I. It's it's the see. Bowflex. The Bowflex is to blame. I bought it, and yeah. now it should. The results should just happen. But the real question is: Am I interested in a bunch of murderous hummingbirds? <laughs> uh, in like some sort of horror Hitchcock situation Suddenly where Suddenly the, the hummingbirds are murderous. They're murderous and attacking and they just and want you, they're and, out for and blood. You're trying you're mad because this isn't happening. Right. Yeah. Or am I a bird lover? Yeah. Do I identify as someone who loves birds? And if they come and get the nectar, they get it. But it's just making me happy to know that I am a part of it. I still haven't figured out what my intention is with this hummingbird feeder, but this ties into weight loss. But you did figure out. You went back. Yeah. 
to the drawing board, so to speak. I did. And you actually analyzed your behavior, which in this case was you hadn't quite mixed the the nectar in enough, right. right? Like in the right way? You, we, you hadn't put enough sugar in well, it Well, and that's, that was actually our daughter's growth mindset suggestion. Instead yeah. of focusing on the birds, the, the things out of my control, what is in my control? Yeah. And one of the controls was the amount of uh, sugar syrup. I basically just filled it with corn syrup now just to see if they would arrive. So we'll see. But like, but really. Well, allegedly what, one of them showed up right before we started the podcast. And then I so pricked my neck. seems to be working. It seems to be working. Yeah. But, but my daughter helped remind me that focusing on the process and the identity of someone who cares for the birds. I'm basically Saint Assisi at this yeah. point. I think that was the one that liked the birds or the animals. Uh, yeah. Or was that Snow White? I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, but- no, well, Snow White definitely did, yes. <laughs> so I was focusing on the end of what I wanted instead of the process. And a lot of that comes down to mindset, doesn't it, Donald? See, I wrapped it back around. It, it really does. And um, Catherine found an article um, online, which the title of it is 10 Signs You're Engaging in Self-Sabotaging Behavior. And you might think to yourself, with the title, 10 Signs You're Engaging in Self-Sabotaging Behavior, that Catherine and I are going to go through those <laughs> 10 signs Oh no! And, and put our own spin on it. That is not what's No, happening. we didn't even get that far. No, we didn't it, even get that far. It would be really funny if that was on the website for the hummingbird feeder for Q&A. <laughs> Self-sabotaging hummingbird behaviors. Exactly. Um, so uh, the article begins with a section about – um, self-sabotaging mindset yeah. and and things that that you're thinking and we may do some future episodes about the rest of the article but uh, this episode we're going to focus on the beginning part and you you may be saying to yourself what does a an you know self-sabotage and hummingbirds have to do with weight loss and fitness oh we're going to tie it up into a bow for you today people and you know, I lovely people. The answer, lovely people. The answer. <laughs> the answer. Spoiler alert: is I spent many years sabotaging myself, and you know, essentially lying to myself about the reasons why I couldn't hit my goal weight. And it really wasn't until I actually was, you know, got really honest with myself and really acknowledged my own part in my own, uh, you know, stuck in a rut behavior yeah. cycle that allowed me to get out of it and move forward and actually achieve my goal weight. Exactly. And a lot of that mindset stuff, and this was sort of the analogy I was going to make before the hummingbird feeder analogy, was what stories are you telling yourself about your life and the role that you play in it. What kind of a story is it? And where we find stories in things called bookstores and li- oh, yeah. li- libraries. Libraries aren't actually set up the same way as uh, as bookstores are. So we're going to stick to the the bookstore analogy. Uh, for you kids out there, it's a place where pe- people put paper. They still have those. It's like it's like the internet, only with real paper books. Yeah, and there's no swiping, <laughs> and, you, and you can walk there physically. Yeah, and if you swipe, you're in trouble. You don't swipe anything. <laughs> From no there. swiping swiper. Ex- is that- I was actually going to say that. Yeah. So, but when we walk, let's imagine 
we're, we're taking you to a lovely bookstore. You walk in. First thing I do is forget every book I've ever wanted to read. Ever. Right. That that just happens. And everything I've ever been interested in in my whole life oh. goes right out right out the window. I'm yes. like, I don't know what I where I want to look. So I just go to like the the coffee area or where they have like the interesting bookmarks. Yeah. But let's pretend that we're focused and we're not we're not deranged and. Sorry, I don't know why. I just sort of wanted you to laugh. Let's <laughs> pretend we're not deranged. Again, <laughs> Catherine does this thing. Everyone thinks she's so nice. She does this thing. She loves to wait till when I'm drinking something, whether it's during the podcast or just in life. Oh, like when I'm drinking I- <laughs> something, she amps up her comedy like to an extra level to make me either choke or have to deranged like, is not appropriate we're not either not we're not either not focused or deranged there's a lot in in between there but okay so i'll i'll just put on my blinders and pretend i don't see hummingbirds and donald drinking hot coffee <laughs> <laughs> luckily mm-hmm. he's got like a protective cap on his coffee so it's yeah. not gonna spill on his lap and he can't sue me but <laughs> oh you're getting sued but we've made this analogy before what genre of book is the story of your life? Where do you categorize it right now? Would you find it in the Greek tragedies? Would you find it in the comedy, in the horror, in the self-improvement, self-help section, yeah. in the like sad emo poetry section? Because how we narrate our lives really does matter in the possibility for success. I actually just found a a, a quote from Facebook from me. I'm going to quote myself from uh, when I started doing the Couch to 5K program. (laughs) I'm (laughs) quoting the great thinker, (laughs) Catherine Weigel. The thinker of thoughts, Catherine Weigel. And there's a quote, I can't remember if it was Einstein or Rockefeller or whatever. But now, you in this episode, <laughs> you have compared yourself to Saint Assisi, Snow White, Snow White, Einstein, and Rockefeller so far. No, I think it was Thomas Edison. Who <laughs> now you're now Thomas Edison. I don't Edison. know. Okay. okay. I don't remember who people are, but yeah. I remember big thinkers of thoughts. Yeah, like you. Yeah. Like yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. But it was whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And it was about me. I I posted it next to my Couch to 5K program. I did week five of the Couch to 5K program. And it was whether I think I can do it or I can't do it, I'm right. And I started and stopped that program 90 times before I finally adapted it to work for myself. And I actually completed it. And it's sort of, again, that whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And so – mindset and what we think we can and can't do really does matter, which again ties into this. So again, what genre are you in? What what genre would you say you used to be in? Uh, horror comedy. With, or, w- is there a good looking genre? <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely in like the snarky, passive aggressive, must be nice victim area. Yeah. Of the, I, the, oh the man, I, I don't know what I don't know what the category is, but it's yeah, basically what you just said. Like it was the the put upon victim category, like blaming yeah. everything outside of myself. Next except. to the food porn yeah. area. Yeah. Probably. Um oh hey, and uh, before I forget, uh, I'm gonna link to this article. Um it's by a gentleman named Steve Scott on happierhuman.com. Uh I don't want to forget to uh credit the author and you know, he he says at the beginning that self-sabotage is 
often represents a subconscious gap between what you say you want and your commitment to getting what you want. So in other words, you say you want to lose weight, but then you eat because of stress or you go to the gym and then you buy yourself fast food or like a cake as a reward uh, for that. So you're you're basically, you know, sabotaging yourself from achieving the goal that you're saying that you want to achieve. Exactly. And so I know Donald said that we weren't actually going to read the article. We're just going to read the part at the beginning before he gets to his points, which yeah. is classic Donald and Catherine behavior. Yeah. But he lists six different things that we might say to ourselves that are sabotaging. So we're going to talk about each of those and then give you uh, some tips and suggestions on how to reframe those. Yeah. And so the first one is you say to yourself, I don't deserve this, or you ask the question, do I deserve this? And this is a way that you let your past failures convince you that you don't deserve to hit your goal. And it involves, it also involves something called imposter syndrome, which is that you attribute your success to luck or you assume that others could do it better. Right. And, you know, you don't give yourself credit for actually achieving the things that you can achieve. You know, there's, there's this feeling, um, I think I, I especially felt it in my early 20s, but even sometimes, uh, you know, much later than that, that I'm not like a real adult. Yeah. Like, like real adults were the were like the people I saw on TV that were in the 50s that like smoked pipes and had had, you know, ties on all the briefcases. time. Briefcases. Briefcases. Lots cases. of briefcases. Yeah. And like I'm I'm just some like fake adult and I don't I don't know why like nobody is is, you know, watching over me while I do all of these things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the just the idea that good things, success, praise, love, progress is something that is a mirage in the future. If I if someone compliments me now, if you know, if someone hires me for a job, if I think I can do something, really it's the well, after I'm richer, more educated, more informed, older, you know, it's this mirage in front of you that never you never get to because it's always just beyond your reach. I didn't go to college right out of high school because I had imposter syndrome. Oh, people who go to college are smarter and more informed and more adjusted. And like, Oh, they're not. They're, <laughs> and guess what? They're not. They are very much not. Have you seen college kids? Yeah. But we've also been told, don't brag, be modest. Like, don't, you know, anything that we have is a fluke. Oh, well, if I'm down on the scale, it was just a fluke. If I'm being healthy, that was just a fluke. If I'm married to the most handsomest husband in all the land. In all the bookstore. Is it yes. a fluke for me or for you? I, I think, for well, both of us? it's for both of us. It's yeah. for both of us. We're, I'm going to say, I mean, I'm going to say it's for both of us because we're married and I love you. But I think we're brought up in a, I mean, as a sarcastic and funny person uh, <laughs> with a, occasional good looks in the right angles. It's that like that self-effacing humor is it ties into what we think we're capable of achieving. And if we just keep saying like, oh, I'm a trash rat. Oh, that was a fluke. That was whatever. Then we'll keep believing that. And I've definitely like in the last five or six years of having Walt been in situations where someone has been like, you're an inspiration. And it's like, I'm actually a trash rat. Like, that's not cool. That's not cool. It minimizes them and it minimizes us. And we're not trash rats. Yeah. And look, 
you know, you are one of the leading experts in this field. Like, <laughs> I honestly like don't know anybody who I've not come across anybody online or in person who, you know, who does a better job at this than you do. Trick your spouse into being complimentary. I'm See, just, I'm, I'm already deflecting. Your, I'm just riding your coattails and you're super good looking in all lights and oh, angles, despite thanks. what you just said a minute ago. So instead of saying I don't deserve this or do I deserve this? Why don't we celebrate a moment of getting away with it? We have gotten away with the charade <laughs> of <laughs> how awesome we are. Why not? Does it hurt to just say that we've gotten away with it? But what we can really do is, and just thinking about it as unfolding like a novel, like, wow, I can't wait to see how this all works out. Like, what if I actually embodied the identity of someone who believed in themselves. Yeah, I mean, the, the shortcut, like, you know, phrase to this is fake it until you make it. And like, but it, it actually can work, the, you know, pretending to be the person that you want to be or pretending to like, you know, ask yourself, what would a healthy fit person do in this situation? And then doing that, if you do that enough you then become that healthy, fit person but, who does those things. Well, and actually being excited about like, wow, I wonder how I'm going to figure this out. How exciting for me. There have actually been times my my go-to like default now is if I'm in a situation with a customer service person or a problem with someone, and it's kind of off, maybe it's off-putting and aggressive, but who knows? I'm trying on a new personality. Yeah. Is going like, I can't wait to see how we're going to figure this out. We're going to get to the bottom of this and I can't wait to see what happens. And it kind of scares people a little yeah. bit. It's Would scaring you. Would you say you. that being aggressive and off-putting is a new personality for you? That's, <laughs> oh, dang. that's the question I'm wondering. But okay, and here's the, the here's my final point. Maybe Donald has another one. Oh yeah, no, we're not done. What if you forgot that you had imposter syndrome? Like what if there's a point, a plot twist in the book? Yeah. What if you're in the kind of book where people get amnesia? Yeah. Or like, that's like a very soap opera thing. Yeah. What if you just wake up and you're like, wow, I think I do deserve this. Like, that's pretty great. It actually does that kind of feeling. You get used to it and it feels a lot better than being the victim in the book, being the hero of the plot where suddenly plot twist, you're the hero and you're the one that gets it done. Feels pretty awesome. We're in the like top like 30 of nutrition and health podcasts now, which is pretty rad. Like yeah. who what am I going to write letters to like Apple like please stop writing reviews if you could just like <laughs> let's be honest now. We're not going to do that. We're pretty rad. Yeah, we are pretty rad. Um and then I think uh, another side of this is that sometimes we focus on everyone other than ourselves yeah. and we put their happiness before ours and it can feel actually wrong to do something for ourselves and you know concerning ourselves with our weight our health our fitness is also self-care but it can feel very selfish yeah. I would like you to think about how taking care of ourselves is something that we can do for others. You know, feeling good about ourselves, being healthy, being happier, being able to be there for other people and be there for other people in a, you know, a more, you know, physical, active, healthy, happy yeah. way is something that we can do uh, for others. And also, Everyone deserves to feel good in their bodies and be able to move to the best of their potential. Like everyone deserves that. There, there's no like, 
you know, well, I don't deserve that because, yeah. because, you know, I did this thing or that thing. Like, you know, in seventh grade, I cheated on a test, so I don't deserve that. Oh. Like, everyone deserves That's that. That's a really good point. Okay, number two. Uh, the number two thing that you tell yourself that leads to self-sabotage is, I can't control this. Oh, I don't like that one. And I used to do this one a lot. Like, I would say it's my metabolism you know, other people don't get this hungry. Others aren't as busy as I am. And, you know, the author says this sort of thinking comes from always assuming the worst outcome. Yeah. But instead of that, you have to practice living in the moment and overcoming hurdles as they are presented to you. Well, and a lot of times it comes from ruminating and making things much bigger. It's like putting everything under a magnifying glass of, I can't control this. Ah, like, yeah. this is out of my control. The more we use giant blankets to cover the problem and say, like, there's no way that any of this is controllable – we're overthinking, we're we're focusing on the worst case scenario, and we're oversimplifying like this is a small word. Like I can't control this. Right. Well, what is this? Well, I can't control, you know, my nighttime snacking. Really? Can't or we add that word yet to the end? Like, right. oh, okay, that's more that's hopeful. But what if we changed can't to won't? I won't do anything about this. Ooh, ouch. You were supposed to say like, ooh. Oh. Oh, burn. Ah. Ah. Well, <laughs> big reveal. a Foley artist at the end. Yeah, but that, sorry. That idea of like just going big and just saying, I can't control any of this ever. I won't control it is that that's sort of that that puts the mirror right back on you. Because we actually can control some things in Basically any situation. Yeah. And look, there are things that are out of your control. And, you know, we did an uh, episode of this show a long time ago called Gravity Issues or About Gravity Issues. Um, And those are things that you shouldn't spend your time worrying about. Things that are just completely beyond your control, like the weather, like you can't control the weather. So there's no point in, in focusing on that because there's nothing you can do about it. But you know, one of those think about one of those Venn diagrams where there's the two circles and then there's the overlap in the middle. There's things that you can't control, and then there's there's things that don't actually affect the problem. And then in the middle, there's this overlap of like things you can control. And I happen to know a certified tiny habits coach who can talk about how you focus on the things that you can control. One small habit one small step at a time and those things build up over time until you actually are moving the needle on the problem exactly am i that tiny oh you are yes that was you i was talking about yeah Yeah, so whether you have a a venn diagram of control or just thinking about that circle of control that we've talked about we can control our mindsets our habits the possibility of change for ourselves, adapting our surroundings. There are so many things that we can do. Sure, we can't control our boss's attitude. Sure, we can't control lunch being brought in for like the, the staff meeting, but we can control our responses to things. We can control breaking down a problem into its smaller elements and breaking it into the things that are out of our control and, again, the things that are in our control. We can ask ourselves questions like, what resources do I need? What am I overthinking? 
What am I overcomplicating? How can I make this easier? What small step can I take right now? Again, in Tiny Habits, which a Tiny Habits certified coach will tell you, (laughs) is starting with that starter step. Oh my gosh, I've got this giant bill I've got to worry about, or I've got, you know, this, this big project I need to do. What's the first thing that needs to happen? Breaking it down into steps makes it much more manageable. And instead of just saying, oh my gosh, I can't figure this out, what elements are easy to start with? So for example, a lot of people say, I can't control this. I don't know, like I just can't track calories. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, do you have a bar scanner on your tracking app that could track the barcode on a package for a granola bar? Well, yeah, but those are gonna... Why don't you just start there? Start with the things that have barcodes. Just start there. See how it goes. And see, and suddenly it's like, oh, well, yeah, I can I can do that. It's less scary. If if other things feel too daunting, start with the easy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, the other thing to remember is that in the end, for me personally, and I think for a lot of people out there, like I was lying to myself slash self-sabotaging myself all along because it turned out that I could do it. Like, I just needed to put in the time and the work. It wasn't my metabolism. It wasn't that I get hungrier than everyone else. It wasn't that, that I'm busier than everyone else. It was that I had to reframe and refocus and put in the work and the time. Yep. So know the difference between can't and won't. Absolutely. Okay, so the next thing that you might be saying to yourself that leads to self-sabotage is, can I do this? And this is another way of, of saying to yourself, this is just too hard, so I won't bother doing it. So you try and protect yourself from failing by just not trying. Yeah, that's a big one. It's easier to just not try than it is to put in the effort or to put in some effort and then not get there. Because you, you you put in some effort and it doesn't turn out the way you want, then you think, oh, well, why did I waste all that time? Like, you know, why did I bother even trying when I wasn't going to get there anyway? Well, and self-preservation can come from a place of wanting to protect ourselves from the exposure that we feel when we don't do things the right way. Oh, I thought you were on a diet. Oh, didn't you do Weight Watchers before? Those sort of you know, passive aggressive questions, it can feel scary to expose ourselves to the potential of criticism from ourselves and from others. And so we're protecting ourselves by not even trying. And I was saying to Donald too, like being that overprotective parent of ourselves, like how embarrassing would it be if my child failed, if my whatever, like, so I'm just- Well, and I think sometimes as a parent that I don't want my kid, that I don't want our kid to feel failure. Right. And so I will do things for her and that's not really helping her. Like I've started, you know, I've started- um, I've tried more often lately to try and push her out of the nest yeah. and just be like, you go do this. Like if you, you know, it'll be a learning experience if she can't figure it out on her own. I know we're making potato soup tonight and I'm really just going <laughs> to, it's going to be hard for me to just sit back and be like, I'll do, 
They don't have to be geometrically perfect cubes of potato. So that's going to be a big challenge for me, but I can do it. I but, think you can do it. But that overprotecting of yourself, it's like, you know, if you take like a baby and are like, that baby might skin its knee if it learns to walk. So I'm just not going to walk at all. I'm not going to let the baby walk. Like, let's not. Yeah, I don't want to see a baby. Like, I don't want the baby to see me walking because they, they shouldn't know that people walk so that they don't even try. Uh, right. We don't want that exposure or judgment. You know, but you can do this. You, listener, you can do this. You do hard things all the time. And the author actually suggests writing them down, which I think is a great idea. And um, I suggest you own them, that, you know, they are your achievements. And when you realize all of the hard things that you have figured out and that you figure out all the time, you realize that you really can do more hard things and you're capable of doing it and you should keep going. Well, and two, one thing that I really look for is other people who have found success despite challenges or conditions or setbacks. Well, I can't run. Okay, well, is there someone who started walking? It, I can't lift weights. Find someone in your age group who has done that. There are so many people who have walked before us who have found success. I'm not talking about Olympic athletes who are so far beyond our scope, but people who are just older than us, just heavier than us, just more capable than us, taking you know, inspiration from people a couple of steps ahead of us is a great way to know that the footsteps that we're following, like our actual, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, who climbed Everest? I can't do that. Okay, well, who went from couch potato to 5k? Right. Me, I did it. Hooray. So look for others who have done it. Because if you can't do this, what can you do? Like what small portion could you achieve? If you're not ready for a marathon, what first step, literally or figuratively, could you take? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, the next thing, we're up to number four on the things you tell yourself that leads to self-sabotage. And the next thing is, it's my fault I did this. And this is akin to you telling yourself that there's something wrong with you that just won't allow you to lose weight instead of really looking at the situation and analyzing your behavior. And the author says there's a huge difference between telling yourself, I failed because I didn't try and I failed because I'm worthless. Yeah. Well, and also doing that thing of like going home and just being like, that's it. This is embarrassing. I'm done. That's right. I can't do it. In corporate America, which I was part of, corporate America USA, yeah. there's a big thing about accountability over admitting failure. Saying I failed and then just being like, all right, that's it. I quit. Everybody's fired. We're quitting the podcast. Like we're closing down the business. We did a wrong thing. How embarrassing. Instead of doing that, accountability matters a lot more than just throwing up your hands, saying, I'm a failure, it's my fault, I'll never learn, and walking away. We don't grow when we say it's our fault and we quit. Yeah, absolutely. And if you keep going, you eventually come up with the right hummingbird next <laughs> mixture. And uh, at the end of the show, we're going to tell you where you can buy the We Only Look, Look Thin, thin. Hummingbird, hummingbird uh, Feeder Mixture. No, just in case anyone doesn't realize we're not actually going to sell that. I don't know. We could. I don't oh. know. We could, we could switch genres. Yeah. 
All right. So like I said, there's a difference between self-blame and accountability and what we can do when we see, like, we've made so many mistakes. In this very episode, Donald is base, is is bedeviled with 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 time marks <laughs> all the times that I've stuttered and, uh, and nah, had to go back. It's not that bad. But here is an alternative that I uh, am delivering to you. Uh, so again, being accountable. This happened. I overate. I didn't track my calories. I didn't go for my walk. It's very, it's neutral. I gained weight. Okay. Like, yeah, that's very neutral. And this is why it happened because I bought the thing I said I wasn't going to buy because I didn't take time out of my schedule. This is what I learned is the next one. What I learned from going to the grocery store hungry is that it will probably end in me overeating. Yeah. This really is a, 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 big mindset shift like you don't have to go from you know you know complete negativity to com- you know being a pollyanna about everything but just if if you can't say something nice about yourself you can you know adjust and make things very neutral like look at it look at yourself as if you were a scientific observer and and take out all of the judgment and the shame from from what you're observing right we did an episode called failure is feedback where we talk about this it's just feedback if we have a setback then we are better informed so this is what i learned This is what I could have done if now given hindsight, this is what I learned from it. This is what I could have changed to set myself up for better success. And then the last point is these are the things I can do next time. And that might take some reflection. It might take some, you know, mindset work, might take uh, asking other trusted people what they would do in that situation. Again, trusted people who aren't like judgy and mean about it, but like, oh, gosh, I've been through that too. And this is how I made it work. So again, it's not about fault and blame. It's about accountability and the adaptability to learn about what you can do when faced with the challenge again. And people respect that. Businesses have come back from big setbacks by taking accountability and talking about what they'll do differently next time. We don't just want blame. We don't want to point fingers. We want to be able to grow and adapt. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the next thing, uh, number five out of six, that the author suggests that you tell yourself that indicates that you might be engaging in self-sabotaging behavior is you tell yourself that this is already okay. That's fine. Yeah. I'm fine. And, and so this is about getting out of your comfort zone. You're not happy about your weight, but you tell yourself that it's not that bad or it's not bad enough so that you actually have to do something about it. And this leads to repeating the same patterns of behavior over and over again. Well, and the thing with it, too, is that when things are like, meh, that's when that scale just gradually goes up a pound here and a pound there and it's not a big deal and then suddenly you know pound by pound you know clothing size by clothing size i'm up five pounds i'm up 10 pounds i'm up 20 i'm like and then it happens so gradually that it doesn't feel like a shock it's not like oh my gosh i gained 30 pounds this month like what is that about We think we need to hit some sort of giant rock bottom moment, this big epiphany moment. And until that happens, it's fine. Yeah. And I I think that a lot of a lot of movies and TV shows and books like make us think that if we don't 
hit rock bottom that we can continue on, you know, this way, or that we need some giant like clouds parting, yeah, um, beam of light coming down, epiphany to really, you know, get moving on something. And and you know, you don't have to, you don't have to wait for something like that. You don't. It doesn't have to be rock bottom. I think if you really ask yourself the question, you know. Are you happy with your weight, your current weight? Are you happy with your current, you know, movement? Are you happy with your health situation? And the answer is probably no. Then you really can and should move forward on a plan that will get you to where you would be happy with those things. Well, and two, it calls on that idea that like now is okay but we're not preparing for our lives ahead. Oh yeah, like, that's a great point. My blood work is fine. Like I'm fine. Like I'm married. It's fine. Everything's fine. What Gretchen Rubin talks about on the podcast Happier with Gretchen Rubin oh, yeah. is choosing the bigger life. Like is fine enough right now? Or what if if everything is just like vanilla and which is literally my favorite flavor in the world. Um, but like yeah, people, how people disparage a vanilla, but it's pretty popular. Yeah. A lot but of like, people like vanilla. Like if things are fine, how could you add a little razzle dazzle? Like what would be a little bit of a level up? Could you add and I know it's like, okay, if they talk about playing basketball one more time or going for a short walk, like but what would spice up your life a I little bit? I think you're the only one that's irritated that's, by me talking about basketball. <laughs> I've read like three books recently that talk about basketball yeah. with from the ladies' perspective and the from the male gaze. Ladies can play basketball? They did in the what? last book that I read. Um, and I didn't want to talk to you about it because I didn't want to be like, hey, guess what about basketball, Donald? Yeah. See? Yeah, see what see, I'm doing this there? Is, like, this is where your own actions come back to haunt you. Exactly. Yeah. But like when I – in my 30s, I was like, I'm fine. There's like, there's like a long way to worry about my life. I don't need to invest in myself now. Yeah. Like, when I was a lot younger, it was just a vanity project. And now that I am in my 50s, this is much more about the quality of my life and about moving forward with, you know, continuing to be able to move and enjoy things and to, to really be able to like embrace vacations, you know, for example, and, and be around to help the people that I I love and and much more about that than worrying about how I look in a pair of shorts. Although I do look good. You do look good in a pair of shorts. <laughs> but that like those enhancements, what would make for a more like enriching life? Again, it's like, well, I'm pretty flexible, nothing hurts, whatever. And then if you wait to fix a problem until something is broken, then like that the cost is a lot higher. If you wait to start stretching until you're in a lot of pain, like preventative medicine is is hard to sell, I think sometimes. Yeah. But it's like, why not start stretching now? Why not start having more vegetables now? Why not start working on your mindset now? Why not start being the star of your book or your TV show now instead of being a background actor. Oh, I'll do that when the kids move out. I'll do that once the house closes. I'll do that once the project is over. If we're a background actor and that's all we're aiming for, that's not the bigger life. We deserve a starring role in our lives. And, you know, somebody once said to me that uh, about automobiles that there is no, it really stuck with me. I was pretty young when I heard it. 
there is no problem with your car that is going to get better or less expensive yeah. if you ignore it. And so taking your car into the dealership as soon as you notice the problem or to the mechanic as soon as you notice the problem, uh, it, it ends up, you know, fixing it sooner and being much less expensive than it would be if you waited it until the car really conks out. And that's true. The same thing is true. What I'm getting at of you yourself, your your body, like it doesn't get easier to fix the more you ignore it. Well, and part of weight and maintenance like just it's fine like it's not super exciting but the way we maintain is by enhancing our lives with new and exciting adventures yeah. like we went zip lining recently which was super fun and something that I wouldn't have do, done before that yeah, was you I would never have thought of myself as a zip lining type of person but like that choosing the bigger life matters and if we can invest in ourselves today we don't know what tomorrow holds so why not invest in yourself now Okay, so the final, uh, the final thing the author says that you tell yourself that might indicate that you are engaging in self-sabotaging behavior. Number six, uh, speaking of exciting things like ziplining, you tell yourself, I'm bored. And the author says, sometimes people thrive on drama or having a problem to solve, so they mix things up by sabotaging themselves. Yeah, my uh, my friend actually uh, said that maybe that's why I started gaining weight after I got to my lowest. Because like you get there, and then it we we've talked about the hedonic treadmill. Yeah, where it's like something that's super exciting. Oh my gosh, the new program. Oh my gosh, I hit my low weight. And then, like, you're there for a little while, and then the buzz wears off, and then you need some more drama. So if I gain weight, then I get to lose weight again, and then I get to go back to, like, the action again of doing the thing. Like, hooray. Yeah, and I think, you know, no, I don't expect anyone to feel bad for me at all, but there's a point where I, when I first lost the weight, where... I would run into people and people would constantly being like, oh my goodness, you look so great. Like somebody I hadn't seen in a while. Oh my goodness, you've lost so much weight. You look so great, so great. And now after five and a half, almost six years of maintaining it, it's just sort of like, I, this is just how I am. And people don't say it anymore. And like, there was a point where I, I sort of missed it and I can understand the temptation to then you know, you, you lose that that juice of people telling you. So the temptation of just like letting yourself slide back, so that you could potentially, you know, you know, go through losing the weight again to then have people tell you how great you look. And it sounds it sounds bananas, but I understand the the temptation to do that kind of thing. Well, and too, I think with that, like the boredom part, we look for maybe excitement in the wrong places yeah. in life because I if people want like and and I I think that this is true of like seven day blast burst blah like yeah. transformation we want like big things to happen and no one's doing a montage of us like buying pre-chopped lettuce right, salad. right. i'm tracking my calories <laughs> yeah like it's oh, so he, exciting he bought new insoles for right. his shoes he's right. got insoles now <laughs> like bah, bah, bah. like that's not super exciting yeah but if we're looking for like 
that first kiss <laughs> razzle I dazzle. On, I think we're on to like the new theme song for the show. Dun, however, dun, like they bought new stuff. insoles, they're checking their calories. Yeah, I yeah. I actually need new insoles. Speaking of which, but that like if you're looking for like roller coaster excitement from your vegetables like i think you need new things maybe in your life to focus on but something part of that part of that and this is this is the big well i don't know if it's the big thing maybe you've got more big things to say yeah is like we have spent so many decades focusing on our weight as an excuse for why big things aren't happening for us yeah well, I can't get the job. I'm not good enough to do that. Like, who would want to hire a whatever? Like, I can't do the thing because, oh, like, I'm not popular. I'm not popular because I'm I'm an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that part of like, oh, if what if I get to my goal weight and then life is still hard and I still don't get the job and I like maybe I'm still socially awkward right. and like and by never achieving it, we avoid that like crossing that boundary into, oh, my gosh, what if there's something else afoot here? Yeah. And, and you know, getting to a goal weight doesn't solve all of the problems. And so I think sometimes then people will, you know, they'll lose weight, they'll still have many of the same problems, and then they sabotage themselves to go back up to to prove that, well, it really is the weight that's holding me back. And like, a new plan is exciting. Doing the same things like exercise, tracking food is boring, like we said. So people, you know, say, I'll sabotage myself um, to mix it up, then later it'll allow me to start something new. Yeah. And we've talked about before the hedonic treadmill, which is the tendency that humans have to need new things all the time. So sticking to the same plan for a very long time, even when it's working, can be really hard for people. You know, it's it's that phenomenon of you get a new like painting or poster or something and you hang it up and you love it and it's wonderful. And then a few years later, it's the exact same poster and but you stop loving it and you're like, I really need something new in here to spice this up. The poster didn't change. It's your desire to have something new that that interfered. Well, because it's that thrill of newness that it's actually like an endorphin. It's like it's a, a chemical that happens in us of like, ooh, shiny, new, hooray. Right. But then you don't even notice that you have it after a while. And it's just that is an important thing in life. What if you were still excited about the Teenage Mutant Ninja poster that you got? 30 years ago like or if you were still holding on to that new excitement every day some people still are there's a new movie out <laughs> i know i just meant it. and you weren't like i was thinking actually x-files poster for you oh yeah X-Files, when we moved yeah. in together i didn't realize that i would have to live with all the x-files posters that i got you so yeah. that, that was a whole thing but that like we're supposed to return to a normal state we, we're not in a heightened state all the time but if boredom means to you sabotage that's that's not the way to go leveling up is the way to go how can you enhance how can you like push yourself a little bit harder what new things can you invest in in your life that are maybe not weight related that might give you a sense of purpose and excitement that maybe broccoli is just not giving <laughs> you who knows well and i will i will say that 
hitting a goal weight has really made me look at myself and think about all of the other hard things that I can accomplish. And so it makes me want to try more new and interesting things. And you know, I, I'm still doing basically the same things with my weight that I was doing, but you know, I, I try and add some variety to those things by, by trying different foods or, or mixing up my plan a little bit, but then also adding other new things in my life to get that sort of new thrill and not making it about my health and fitness plan. So in the end, think about how often you use the word can't and change it up to say won't. Won't is a definitive. Won't is a, I am actively deciding not to change my life. And that is a choice and it's okay. But just remember, life is better when we invest in ourselves. When we go from being the background actor or the dusty novel off in the background where like nobody wants to read it, like nothing's happening, we have the opportunity to be the stars of our lives. And that comes with a risk, but the reward is so great. I like we used to be sad sacks. I will say it. We were victims. We made everyone else the star of the show. Oh, if only we were richer, smarter, taller, thinner, had more time, less stress. Nobody's as put upon as us. We were definitely in the like emo food eating feelings you know, uh, part of the, of the bookstore. Yeah. And now we're in the, the superhero section and it's a choice and it takes time to rewrite our narratives, but it really matters. Instead of thinking about self blame and I can't and I won't, what can you control? What happened? Why did it happen? What can you learn from those experiences? How can you forgive yourself for past mistakes? And how can we take agency and accountability for our lives moving forward? Self-sabotage is there to protect you from hard things. Thank you, self-sabotage, for trying their best with lim- – their best, his or her best. With <laughs> limited – like, no, but like – you know, it's not it's not like a devil and an angel on our shoulder. We want to preserve ourselves from feeling hard things, but it's important for us to build up that tolerance and to know that we can survive hard things and that we can actually go from surviving to thriving. Our lives are so much better now, despite being old and wizened in our... Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh my God, like... 53 does not feel old and wizened. But. I was just reading a book where someone was like, well, and the mom was 49. Like, yeah. <laughs> like okay, the- all right. But like, we have the opportunity to be the heroes in our stories. And the more we can take that agency and accountability, the better our lives become. Letting go can be scary, but the rewards are so wonderful. And I'll take it from Donald. I know that if we can do it, you can too. Absolutely. I mean, like nobody was was more like lost and put upon than Catherine and I. No one. Not Uh, you, dear listener. I believe in you. You can do it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, they are all still available. Every last one of them uh, are available wherever you found this podcast. We are on uh, most of the major podcast platforms, and you can also find them anytime 
on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on that link for join our support group to find out more about Walt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is a Facebook-based accountability group for women. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for accountability, honesty, check-ins, Zoom meetings. I'm doing one tomorrow. I wonder what I'll talk about. I'm very interested (laughs) to see. Um, But we have a great interaction a wonderful community of just super honest and uh, and caring people who are all in it together, regardless of plan. We've got people doing Weight Watchers, intuitive eating, calorie tracking, lots of different things. So come and join us. We've got two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolt Place is right for you. So check it out. And you can also check us out on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at We Only Look Thin. And you can also send us an email. Good old-fashioned email still works. Uh, you can reach us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We really appreciate compliments. Uh, we appreciate episode suggestions, and we will answer questions. We have uh, answered many listener emails in the form of a podcast episode. Uh, we get a good question, and uh, we will turn it into an episode of the show from time to time. So reach out to us once again. Again, that is weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Yep, and we would love it if you had an extra minute and could head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Every download, every review, every star helps us know that what we're doing makes a difference in your lives, and it also helps other people find our podcast when they are looking for inspiring podcasts like ours. Absolutely. And another way you could help us out if you are so inclined is just tell somebody about the show. Uh, word of mouth is a great way in which the show grows. When people hear from you, they uh, they respect your opinion. And so if you know somebody that uh, think you think might get something out of the show, if it comes up in conversation, or if you're in an online group, a Reddit group, a, uh, a Facebook group, something like that, a Discord server, where it would be appropriate to give us a shout out, we would be grateful. So if you're not at all surprised that Catherine was either quoting Snow White or Thomas Edison, <laughs> just remember that Catherine and Donald are an, an inspiration Asian. I just talked about myself in the third person. That's kind of weird. <laughs> Catherine and Donald. They and seem great. Saint Asasi. <laughs> and the seven dwarfs. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.